Welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Control Freak, this week. Good evening, folks. And Twilight. Hi. And pulled from the vacuum of space. I actually don't remember what we said he was doing last time. Anyway, the aliens returned him and he's back. Light, Saber Ninja. Huh? He was doing some yeah. spy mission. Oh, that's right. He was on the spy mission last week. Oh, yeah, dude. I got so much intel. You know, we got most of that intel, and it's all gibberish. Oh, well, I can read my own handwriting, so. Hmm. Yeah, you can. You wrote it in hieroglyphics. Then we should get control no, dude, to that's read English. it. We should get control to read it. God, do you not know, <laughs> do you not know cursive, you idiot? Do this you? Day this day and age, I'd be surprised if anyone did. I know cursive, but a drawing of a bird head over an eyeball is not that. You dumb dumb, that's a B. Oh, good to know. <laughs> well, I look forward to eventually deciphering this information you've found. Good luck. Oh, yeah. I got some serious news. Is I'm, that so? I'm just, mm-hmm. Worldwide exclusive shit. Oh, shit. You know, that's impressive considering we just, we didn't even send you to a tech company. We sent you to Dunkin' Donuts. By the way, where the fuck's my coffee? Oh, that... That wasn't code? No. No, you're supposed to bring breakfast this week. Actually, I don't eat breakfast. Well, man, I was really I was really craving a nice vanilla latte, but too bad. God. Damn. Well, anyway, you guys have games to talk about. We do. Coffee. We have game to talk about <laughs> this week. But we'll get to that last. Light, what have you been playing this week? Uh, nothing. I was too busy infiltrating various tech companies. You're going to have to write down a key so they can decipher what you actually wrote. I mean, it's true. The closest news for tech companies would be the fact that uh, Zoom is not as secure as everyone thinks it is. Why would, anything be, why would anyone think anything is secure? Because of key encryption, which is the whole point of cybersecurity? He's got you there. I don't that know, sounds it seems boring. like the plot of every movie ever that some hacker gets through security. I mean, that's the that whole is... point of hackers, in yeah. general. Like, Also, oh, movie hacking is not how movie. hacking actually works. It's yeah, I, I realize that. As fuck. Oh <laughs> my god. Else is... Well, go, go ahead. I, I have to talk about movie hacking, but go ahead. I was gonna say, you know what else is, how hack- is not how hacking works? Watchdogs. <laughs> that yes. is super not how hacking works. <laughs> how do you guys know this? Do you guys perform hacking I took a jobs? class on it. So, uh, news, something I news really want to see. Go to a hacking class and you'll be able to break into, I don't know, the government security. No, I mean, it was just a network security class, but they have to teach you how to defend against stuff like that. <laughs> but I don't know. I could type you. pretty fast. <laughs> Yeah, so something I'd like to see in movie hacking is that moment whenever they're like, uh, whenever they're like, so how long is it going to take? And it's like, I'll be in there in like 30 minutes. It's like, you got 10. I, w- I, want, I want the computer IT guy to then look up at the action star and be like, well, no, <laughs> I can't do that. That's not, that's not how it works. I mean, 30 minutes is Godspeed. Yeah. Like, action. So. To actually or, break into some place, like, cyber-wise, takes 
days, if not weeks, yeah. if not months, but to just, correctly just imagine, do it. Imagine that scene. The action hero walks in. He sees the computer IT guy just like eating a donut, doing nothing. He's like, why, why aren't you working? It's like, what are you talking about? Right, everything's already set up. It's going through the process right now. <laughs> it's like, I'm running the code. Like, the code is running. I just have, like... I can't make it go faster. You think I gotta constantly <laughs> type or something? Like no, but you're not doing the typing. You're not sitting there at the computer typing away, trying to break the firewalls. <laughs> I was sitting at the computer. I just checked the progress, and I felt like I needed to stretch my legs. <laughs> Note to self: I gotta take away scanners from you. Fucking hell! <laughs> it's on five percent. It'll be done in like three months. It's not even percentage based. Yeah, but it's a well, unless you're trying to do like a brute force thing. Yeah, but simplified so people can so actually boring. see it. People know what a progress percentage bar is. Yeah, but that'd be if you're brute forcing a password, and that's so god awful atrocious. Unless you're running like quantumware at this point, because encryption, and then uh, it was more for the, the sake standard of this rules. Is, of... This is a theoretical movie, and th theoretical movies need to appeal to audiences. So audiences need to have some degree of understanding of what's going on. No, I'd rather I'd rather it stay over their head. Yeah, no, that'd be way funnier. The techno babble <laughs> bullshit. Just have the tech guy go on a lengthy talk about how computers work. Yeah, and just have and just have the action hero just go like halfway through as he's through his explanation, just like, just stop. But that would, that's always if, the thing that reviewers pull apart, pull out of context, and say, "Yeah, I like this part because it actually felt real." Yeah, if they if they went if they went even just like ten percent more realistic, that would go a long way towards educating the public. Anyway, it's the same way how in any movie now, if they're like, "Oh, it's an EMP," we don't need somebody to go an electromagnetic pulse. You see, and then explain what it does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we all get it ever since the first movie that said it. What you don't want? See, you don't want an everyman in the back being like, "What's an EMP?" Not anymore. <laughs> That's kind of why I like, uh, oh God, what the hell was it? The, the first oceans movie, oceans 11, when they're talking about getting the pinch and because he doesn't just straight up call it an EMP, he actually has to explain it. I'm like, that makes sense. Cause I didn't know what a pinch was either. Yeah. Mm. But any, anybody nowadays, if you say EMP, they're like, oh yeah, electromagnetic pulse. Because it's in every movie ever. Yeah, so if we started having like just a little bit more realistic hacking, people would be like, oh no, I get those terms. It's like, I understood that reference. <laughs> but so you really haven't been playing much this week, Light? No. Oh yeah, this is a gaming podcast. This is yeah. a casual podcast. Look, it's still slow from the Backstreet Boys return tour. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, did you see the virtual concert? No, I I don't know if they actually did a virtual concert, I, but I don't I don't You know, know what's either. you know what's better than that? Jewel did her own parody cover of these hands. You going to catch these hands? I mean, what? <laughs> but it's you, it's all about washing your hands. You said Jewel and I was like, "Why did the to back why did like the vape pen company do something <laughs> no no it's not like you're almost gonna say tabashi <laughs> yes the tabashi company 
The tabaxi company. Oh, God. Twy. Oh, man. A taxi company in a fantasy world called Tabaxi. Well, we all play D&D. We can make it happen. You just <laughs> ride giant cat. Not in my world, you don't. But it could be oh, like man. an Uber Eats type of service. I already have enough of a headache with X trying to modify his dragon bot. Tabaxi. No, I already gave you a electronics company. I'm not giving you a taxi service, especially not in the middle of a freaking desert. I'll do it myself, run my own game. You do anyway, run your own game. moving on. <laughs> Twy, what have you been playing this week? Uh, a bit of Witcher, a tiny bit of Civilization this morning, but mostly just Stellaris because I fucked up and ruined my best my most long-running game. And I am slowly preparing for the inevitable defeat that I give you whenever we play multiplayer. Oh, dear God. <laughs> no, that's fair. I I will say, I I also played Stellaris a, a bit this week. I, mind you, it was only like, what, 20, 30 minutes? I mean, that's but, the culminative... Uh, amount that you played since you bought it, so that effectively increased your time played by 200%. I had played it for longer than that since I I had like four hours of play time on record. You had two. I checked. Ooh, oh. she's stalking well, your Steam. That's well, fair. I only got three friends on that Steam. <laughs> I can um, only stalk him, you, and our other friend. I, I was surprised by how quickly that game came back to me, though, like doing the micromanagey stuff, because that game gets super micromanagey. I know, I love it. Um, I find Civilization more complicated, though. Although it's nice that they don't let you forget things, except for moving yeah. your, your troops, because I figured out that they don't always remind you to move your pieces. If you put them to sleep, yeah, the, you'll, they'll they'll sleep forever. I've had I didn't great. Put them to sleep. I was just going through the tutorial. Hmm. Weird. They might, well, they it's... might have been on uh, auto explore. Oh yeah, because then they're not gonna they're not gonna bring it up then if they're on auto explore. Yeah, auto explore. I mean, they will continue moving forever. I mean, whenever I had them move distances that they theoretically couldn't move in one turn, they'd move one square per turn, even if they have like five movement. Well, that... it also depends on what terrain they're moving through. Because if they're moving through forests or rivers or mountains, they're they're not going to move very fast. I don't know. That's I true. think they just I think they just forgot that I had a scouting party after my first scouting party got killed. <laughs> I I mean I I wasn't watching you play it, so I don't know. I mean this that was what happens when you put your scouts on a trail that they have to go through every turn. They run into something and you don't notice until they're dead. That is that is fair. The amount of times I've lost scouts to barbarians is infuriating. I actually only fought like the one barbarian that they introduced to introduce the starting combat. Yeah, but when you're actually playing the game, you'll be dealing with barbarians essentially until you overtake your whole damn continent with cities. Or until you die. I got a or until you die important person that's supposed to be able to convert nearby barbarians into foot soldiers for me and I sent him around the continent looking for barbarians and there were none 
So that... I just went and crushed Cleopatra's city because I was bored. Well, Control, you weren't wrong. <laughs> She's not going to win by a cultural or a diplomatic victory. She is going to win by sheer fucking military force. Yeah. But... Although that didn't That's work out for win. me when we played it last week. That's not how you win. That's pretty much what the tutorial was telling me to do. Yeah, but that's the tutorial. There's like eight different ways to win a game of Civ. Yeah. They now mind you, they said, all... They pretty much eventually... just said, you gotta kill everybody else and then you win. Yeah, but... I mean, technically, yes, you do kill everybody else in a way. I mean, you're always gonna need to have some form of an army or you'll just be crushed. So, but... you guys were making bets on how I'd win Civ. No, we were making presumptions. Yeah. Or at least I was. And he won. What did you assume? I didn't. So how does he I win if he was the only opinion there? I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt, but secretly I also figured you'd go military, because that's what I do. I mean, I haven't actually played a proper game yet. I just went through the tutorial. Well, then the I guess we'll see. Crush Cleopatra. I guess because of Gil Gilgamesh, and he might be the more aggressive tutorial player. Maybe, <laughs> but I think I think the tutorial is mainly there to introduce you to combat. You kind of got to learn the rest as you go. Yeah, like I appreciate that it wouldn't let me continue a turn until I assign new projects to all my cities. Oh yeah, that's yes. super nice. Like you always have to have something in production. Although I couldn't figure out how to get amenities and housing enough to satisfy my third city. Because no matter what I did, they always seemed to be complaining about amenities or housing. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. I usually am not used to getting that until my 300th year in Stellaris. <laughs> no, it, um, the way that it kind of pans out is that it focus. you have to start focusing on the like special districts. I can barely get districts up and going considering they only give you three workers and they take like 15 days to build. Well, for the, I mean, yes, but then you can start buying them with money. Yeah. Like that's how I've, I'll usually start up a new encampment. I will start a builder and then I will purchase a builder. So you by know, the time that first builder is uh, done being produced, the sec that uh, the builder that I bought with money has already used all his charges, and I have an expanded region. Sorry, like you were about to say something, and I interrupted. I apologize. Oh, you won't want to once I finish it. Uh, I can't get over how uh, what do you call it? Historical Cleopatra was so double C thick that it literally killed her. <laughs> I thought she got yeah. bit by a snake. You, no, dude, you she died. She died from ass. Oh God, damn it! She died from an asp. Yeah, an ass. She had an ass that wouldn't quit. Apparently, it killed her. Okay, I an think ass that won't quit. Anyway, Got bit on the tit. Yeah, control beat me and. with a cultural victory after sailing after conquering his <laughs> continent and then sailing over and well, taking no. part of mine. Did, did you actually scout out my continent? I didn't even touch the other city states. No, I, I made I made five towns, and then like they had already started. Their borders had expanded to the point there was no good region to plop down. So I was like, "Fuck it!" 
and sent one over to your side to start looking at resources there. Um, the whole while, I just kept getting great writers and great artists. And I was just like, all right, make a new work, make a new work, make a new work. And I ended yeah, up every- winning through tourism. Yeah, every <laughs> other fucking turn, it's a new great wonder has been <laughs> built. A new great wonder has been built. A new great, yes, okay, game, I get it. I'm going slow. I did I did find something, some weird part in the tutorial, though. My scouting party, the second one, he kept getting promoted, uh, a signal saying, this thing is ready for promotion. But it never actually had the button to let me promote him. Yeah, um, sometimes the alerts would get bugged. I had that, I've had that happen to myself a lot. Um, yeah. You can just, if you right-click it, or, yeah, right-click. I'm switching right and left. Uh, if you right-click it, it'll just dismiss that alert. Yeah, I did that, but it kept coming up. That's weird. Oh, no, it might not have been a promotion. It might have been an upgrade. Yeah. So, But to do that, you have to be back in your region. They can't yep. be exploring an uncontrolled area, so they have to go back to one of your towns to be uh, upgraded. Mm. Yep. It, it's to prevent you from basically charging out into battle with a bunch of archers putting all your resources into you know muskets and then suddenly all of your archers turn to gun wielding psychos um but yeah what's wrong with being gun wielding psychos that's your entire D character collection no one needs to know that uh, too late <laughs> yeah even your sorceress that's her arcane focus damn it uh huh. That's what they call. That's what the kids call it nowadays, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I think we got through my list of games. I think so. Yeah. Um. I spent some time this week. I. I don't actually remember when I did my stream for it, and I don't remember if I talked about it last week, but I'm gonna talk about it this week. So I played Resident Evil Three Make. Haven't. Okay. I I have not tried out the multiplayer, uh, except for the tutorial though. Um, but I will say it, I mean, it's the same graphical quality as Resident Evil 2. So, uh, they do reuse some of the assets though, cause you get to see the police station before Leon shows up and mucks it fun. all up. Yeah. Which is real funny when you walk in there cause you're playing as Carlos and he walks into the room where they were going to throw Leon his welcome party. And he's just like, yeah, welcome Leon. Hope you had a kick ass first day. Little did he know his Leon was on his way and his day was going to be terrible. Carlos is full of nonstop clips. Yeah. I never... I did not remember how much of an asshole Nikolai was. Fuck Nikolai. He's <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say. A, yeah, he's such a prick. I will say, from what I've heard, this game is abysmally short. Now, I'm... Mind you, I am just past the second time you fight Nemesis. Like, the second boss fight. Yep. But one I've never really I'm playing on standard and I've never really had a problem with the boss fights. Save for the one time I let him kill me because I ran out of grenades and didn't actually understand how to do the fight. That'll do <laughs> the trick. The second, yeah. Second time I just whooped his ass because I knew what I was doing. Nemesis is a dick. <laughs> God, like, he's such an asshole. Well, because like, I knew think- originally he was so accommodating. 
Well, like, you think the tyrant from Resident Evil 2 is an asshole stalking you around the police station, but Nemesis just shows up with different weapons, like a flamethrower and a rocket launcher. Mind you, that rocket launcher is super easy to dodge. Yeah, and it has a really small explosion. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it has exploded right next to me, and it hasn't even damaged me. I'm like, well, that's the wimpiest rocket launcher I've ever seen. <laughs> What are you, shooting rocket-propelled spitballs? Pretty much. Nemesis? That's about the equivalent of what he does. Yeah. I know there were some people mad about something involving Jill's Resident Evil 1 costume. Oh, they were mad that she wasn't wearing the miniskirt. Mm. That's, there were people mad about that. I can like, feel your seething rage. But... Oh. Yes. Oh, that... Okay. No, I thought she was still in the miniskirt with the pre-order costume. No, she is straight up in just short shorts. How dare they? With the pre-order costume. Yeah, they wanted Which, the miniskirt. I mean, it's more tactical. Fuck off. I don't care what you want, you sweaty neckbeards. <laughs> Stop no. judging my culture. Ugh. I will say, Jill's like, the outfit they gave her that isn't the, the pre-order outfit... Straight up Tomb Raider. Huh. That is what she looks yeah. like. She looks like Laura Croft. Maybe she's a fan. Maybe. But yeah, no, I mean, the game is, uh, it's good. I will say I suck at dodging. I really suck at dodging. Oh, and actually, um, something I learned, go figure, uh, I was watching someone play it on YouTube. Uh, the dodge mechanic, you can counterattack. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you get the perfectly timed dodge and then aim, yep. you'll do like a you'll do the counterattack. I was like, oh shit, that's and you get a brief cool. slow mo. Yeah. Yep. It's basically witch time from Bar Bayonetta. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. And well, we'll get to some other news. Well, actually, I'll just say it now. Uh, they're going to be remaking Resident Evil Four apparently. Set Room. to release in 2022. Which Room, I'm so. actually okay with. I know uh, you're kind of we... like, eh. Is yeah, this something but... that... Well, real quick, is this a topic that we kind of want to, like, dig into? Well, we can dig into it now, because I know after break we're going to be digging into something else. Okay. <laughs> I just I'm down wanna for give, it. I just want to give you all the time you need to talk about the thing you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, for... I'm, I'm okay with a remake of 4. Because yeah. if it's anything like with the most recent remakes, they don't mess with the story, per se. They'll change I mean, up one might... or two aspects, but... Yeah, or elaborate a little more. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 3 really being campy. Resident Evil 1 had the terrible, god-awful dialogue. And if they yeah. read... Yeah. And... But uh, to be fair, I was almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, or Jill, the master of lockpicking. <laughs> but with, uh, like, what they did with Carlos, where he makes, like, the, the little puns here and there, calling Jill super cop and making the little jokes, if they change out the camp with that, I'd be okay with it. I think that's I think that's a good way to go for replacing that, you know, 
90s camp that we all kind of got used to in the early 2000s and replacing that more with snarky quips. Because all of those people that enjoyed the campiness as kids are now grown up. They're the ones that will truly appreciate that are really like, oh, man, I can't wait for this. But I and, still enjoy the campiness because I feel like I'm watching a Bruce Campbell movie. If you yeah, want to watch a Bruce Campbell we... movie, go watch a Bruce Campbell movie. Just yeah. like just like uh, the all three Resident Evil remakes that they've done so far. Like, RE4 will still exist, even if they remake it. Oh, I know. Like, when I say I'm, I'm cautious about that remake, I do realize that I can literally go grab one of my copies of Resident Evil 4 and just play the original, and it still holds up. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe but, they'll add it so I can actually move and shoot in this one. Yep. Which would be lovely. It would also be nice if they elaborate how wimpy first day Leon becomes spin kick you in the face Leon. <laughs> oh, you gotta... They address that in Code Veronica. Which, which I also th- deserves a remake. I think that should be next on the remake list, not four. A lot of people think that Code Veronica should be next on the remake list. Hmm. Yeah. I can understand that. I never actually really got into Code Veronica, though, myself. I because didn't need it. started four. Dreamcast. Then four was PS2. the first one I played. Oh. Nope, sorry. Outbreak was the first one I played. <laughs> so four was still the first Resident Evil game I played. Yeah. I didn't like Outbreak. Now, I remember playing two and three. Way back when. They're rough to go back and play. Even the GameCube ports are rough. Yeah. What's that? You want to shoot your gun? Hold still. Fuck. Yeah. Which, you know what? Like, I I am on board with 4 getting the graphical overhaul that 2 and 3 got. Even if it still doesn't look terrible, but maybe it won't like look like you're trying to play it on an SD TV in the dark. Yeah, but- it's a pretty game, but it's still... A PS2 game. I want to say one thing. If they remake when they remake four, there is one thing I will not tolerate them getting rid of. Just one. If they get rid of the attaché case, I'm going to riot. I don't. I don't think that they really change gameplay. I think that they would update it. I'm just saying. That's the one. That's the part that is I don't want to have to have a backpack. I want to keep my attaché case. Well, no. You played four, right? Yes. With the awesome organization of the attach of the attache We're case. Aware. Yes. Like, I I yeah. remember. I remember it. We we get that you want to manage your inventory. <laughs> well, he doesn't want it to be hip pouches and a backpack. He wants Clearly. it to be a cool giant gun case. I just want it to have more than eight slots. Yeah, but Okay. Did you ever see Leon carrying a giant attaché case? He no. literally never carries it through the whole game. The never... the giant suitcase that's big enough to hold a rocket launcher and then some. See, and what I would have liked is if the mysterious stranger was the one that gives it to Leon. Like the first that's time it. you meet him is when he kind of showcases it to you like I get your you know, I get what you're doing here. Here's a here's a freebie. Come back and buy something. Yeah, and that so, would have been good. 
and the, and that way the attache case is always nearby in each one of the areas but it's never all like it's not something he's always got on him but it is nearby in each of the regions just like the mysterious stranger just pretty much says don't worry i'll make sure you have access yeah instead of leon is carrying what looks to probably be a hundred pound carry case with 200 pounds of equipment inside of it. So my take on it is I'd love to see how they update the game, the gameplay period. I hope they fix the escort missions that are annoying. And if I had one thing that I wish that they keep, it would be the secret difficulty mechanic. Oh, yeah, that one where if you start doing really well, it'll secretly up the difficulty. Mm-hmm, and if you start doing really bad, it'll ease it up on you a little bit. Yeah. No, I agree, that needs to stay. I'd forgotten also, that was even bring, a thing. They should well, bring back the uh, mercenaries mode as well. That was five, wasn't it? No, uh, they four. introduced it in four, and then five made it... Or not five, uh, six made it multiplayer. No. Was it five? Uh, yeah. No, it was yeah, five. No, it was five made it. Yeah, because five had the co-op. Yeah, but four had it originally. The PS2 version did at least. I don't know if the GameCube version did. Yeah, five where you were basically Laura Croft with uh, biceps the size of your torso. Chris Punch Boulders Redfield. Yep. <laughs> Fucking sequence. Was, oh man. Uh, oh boy. Resident An Evil experience? Was, <laughs> that was something. Resident Evil 5 was something. It's one of those cases of, yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing they did. Well, and then there's 6. It's And 6 is like, yeah, that was a game that existed. Yeah, I still don't get what they were thinking of with 6. Like, that they were thinking some love over the years. I know... Six had moments. There were moments People, where it was like, okay, this is pretty good. But then you had the moments where you're just like, what what the what were you guys doing with this? You People mean like, like the riding around and shooting. Yeah, but the problem is when the game opened up with Mr. President, don't make me do this. After Leon learned the hard way of shoot first. You know what they have- are. Do we have a recording of you going on that rant, Sedge? Somewhere. I'm sure it's. I think it's in one of the earlier episodes, so we I won't need to go find on again. That because like that is one of my favorite Sedge rants. You're. It's such a particular moment that just eats at you so clearly. Because it's so fucking irritating. <laughs> how do you? How? How do you do that? After dealing with zombies for the last. 10 years, Leon Kennedy forgets what a zombie is. Temporary amnesia. Like, he should shoot the guy in the head and then go, oh, I can't believe he was a zombie. Damn it. Now I gotta go kill the other people. But see, that wasn't really Leon. Then who was it? It, it, He's actually one of the uh, uh, a creation of Umbrella Corp. Oh. And they 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 built it based on DNA collected over his injuries in RE2. <laughs> That's why he looks young and doofy. 
instead of looking like the RE4 badass. <laughs> yeah, all right. You know what? I like this theory. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's better than oh. the uh, Leon the Dumbass theory. Yeah, it makes me less angry. Well, he's still a dumbass. Be fair. Yeah. Oh, also, Resident Evil 8 has, I think, been confirmed officially? Yeah, Village. Village. Mm-hmm. That is that what they're calling it? It's Resident Evil Village, and then the V, I, and first two L's make up the Roman numerals for eight. Ah. So they're continuing on with the uh, Roman yeah. numeral title cards. Yeah. They're they're continuing the story of seven, so it's going to be first person again. And I've heard rumors that Ethan is going to return as the protagonist, or at it's least return in some regard. Yeah, I'm real interested in that one. I want to see how they continue this franchise. Yeah. I, now, real quick. Well, go ahead. Seven was amazing. Yeah. The DLCs kind of went a little bit boulder punchy, but... Well, they realized people didn't get enough of Chris Redfield's fantastic biceps <laughs> and added an old man with bigger biceps and meaty well, claws. That's well, the whole it. thing, though, with the DLCs. They introduced they they basically said yeah no the old games happened they're done the DLCs are like but we know you want to play as Chris right right huh huh well let's face it four was the only time that they ever struck a true balance between survival horror and action accurate because five was too actiony six was an action game oh yeah and then two two and three are horror games yeah well three gets a little more actiony than two. Yeah. But one and two are more survival horror than rest. See, my curiosity, and, and, though... Oh, continue. Well, the only thing I was going to say is, and then don't don't forget, like, the very fact that they couldn't balance the action is what birthed Devil May Cry. That was RE4. Oh, yeah, you're right. But go ahead, Control. Now, my, my curiosity for eight is, are they going to explain Chris Redfield? Or was that in the DLC where they explained why is he working for Umbrella? No. That was in the DLC. Was it? Apparently. You didn't play it. I mean, no, neither did I. Watched I. A I watched a playthrough of it. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to go find that because that, that's my only curiosity is like, are they revamping Chris Redfield's backstory from he worked with stars, Raccoon happened, and then he started working with Umbrella to infiltrate and get information? Well, don't forget all the conspiracy around the different color of the Umbrella logo and all that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is technically Blue Umbrella, I think is the name of the company in this one. It's not the Umbrella Corporation. Yep. And then in 4, I mean, I don't know where 7 takes place in, in this timeline, but 4, uh, ostensibly Umbrella Corp is gone. Yeah. And... Four takes place before seven, so this is like kind of a new Neo Umbrella type of thing. I don't It'll know. be interesting the to see them flush it out. And I, I personally think that uh, eight and four will have even more connections between them as they, yeah. you know, start flushing out their lore. Here's hoping. Um, control. We'll get to you after the break, okay? Oh, no wait, problem. right before the break, right before the break, I got I got breaking exclusive news. I got to share this. Order, you remembered to order the coffee? No, guys. 
There's no coffee. <laughs> it's not happening. Well, then my day is ruined. But somehow I got turned down for Uber Eats. They just won't let me use my bike. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, listen, exclusive. Like, we we should be the ones breaking this. I went undercover. I mean, I got the details. There was hacking involved. I typed my fingers to get I got you back the deets, yo. So, I hear that Sony's next controller is going to be called the DualSense. Oh. Yes, I had seen that news. He the got what? lost. Yeah. No, that... that I, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, buddy. I know you worked real hard to get that, but yeah, they announced that like two weeks ago. The what? Yeah, uh, I think that's when the aliens had you. Shit. Sorry. I mean, we hadn't discussed it on here, but did. did we? Yeah. Yeah. I think we discussed that two weeks ago. Well, fuck. Cut the commercial. <laughs> Check out these awesome uh, promos for some other podcasts. We'll be right back. I'm Harrison. I'm Jordan. Well, I'm Harrison. I'm fucking Jordan. All right! And we're, we're the, the Grief Rio podcast. podcast. Let us be your unnatural Sherpa guides on this existential plane of mountainous game and movie exploration. And don't forget about that spookiness that lives within us all. But mainly in you, you spooky bitch. How dare I'm offended. We've been voted the best podcast to listen to by many. By many, that means a few. That's more than one. This ought to be very. We'll see you on the next episode of Grief Burrito. Yeah! Yeah! Hey everyone, it's Anton, host of the Discount Podcast. Look man, monies can suck a lot. The weekend's over, you gotta go back to work. Maybe you can't stand your coworkers, which is likely. Whatever the case may be, we can help you make your Monday just a little bit better. Check out our show, the Discount Podcast, where we talk about nonsense and anything and everything. It's always fun, it's not always politically correct, and it's just us. So tune in and let us make the start of your week not suck quite so much. Available wherever you can listen to podcasts. New episodes up every Monday. Discount Podcast, the DP. You didn't expect it, but you might like it. And we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed those promos. Go check out those other shows after you're done listening to this show. Um, so I bet you're all wondering, because I kind of went away from our normal uh, way of doing things. Our normal, what's everyone played this week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Control, you haven't mentioned yours. <laughs> nope, he hasn't. Take it away, buddy. <laughs> so dramatic. Um, so, I have been playing... No pressure. Yeah. None whatsoever. No. I have been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I got my copy a little delayed. I was supposed to get it on Friday. Ended up getting it Monday. And then Damn. I put seven hours into it on Monday. Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All in one sitting. I, I popped it in. I did the install, which was sizable. And then hit play. And I loved every second of it. I won't deny. Got frustrated at some points because I'm still learning mechanics. Um because the original Final Fantasy VII, turn-based strategy, or RPG, not strategy, turn-based RPG, so you didn't have to worry about strategy too much. Your biggest point of strategy was, is this enemy weak to this element? That was it. It didn't matter if it flew, it didn't matter if it was 
you know, a giant tank, whatever. You just had to hit it till it died. Um, Final Fantasy now you VII. Go into different stances. Which is actually an interesting aspect. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because Cloud has his standard, you know, uh, what did they. I think it's operative stance and then powerful stance. Yep. Uh, and so operative stance is, you know, quick swings, flashy movements. I mean, how powerful is even flashier. But the biggest trade-off is when you're in the powerful stance, you move much slower. And if you dodge... Way more powerful. Oh, yes. Your, your hits are much more staggering. But if you dodge, you hop back to operative. So you have to plan when you switch to powerful because you're not going to be dodging anytime soon. So you have to start focusing on blocking. And blocking is very useful. You take half damage. And the block animation usually is pretty quick, but if you time it poorly, you're going to get your ass knocked. And I had that happen plenty of times. Yeah. For anybody familiar with the term... Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake has no iframe. Yeah, there is no iframes. Uh, and for people that don't know the term, uh, games like Dark Souls and those types of games where it's all about the timing of your actions, iframes were invulnerability frames that if the enemy hit you during that point, you took no damage. Uh, Monster you, Hunter has you, it. Yeah, if you ever watch one of those games... Uh, any Soulsborne type game, and you're wondering why are they constantly rolling? <laughs> kind of why. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's also why people frame count in games like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Frame counting. That shit's crazy. But I uh, can't do it. Um, they. So the fact that Final Fantasy VII Remake is now more of a action, I'd actually call it an action strategy RPG. Because they've added the stagger mechanic, where if you hit an enemy in a specific fashion enough, the enemy will be staggered and take increased damage from all attacks. Um, I think default, because I haven't gotten, I haven't seen any upgrades for it, is 160% damage for everyone and for all attacks. So damn, yeah. So when it like if you're in a boss fight and you find out how to stagger it, stagger that son of a bitch, and then just unload everything. Uh, for combat in general, um, said you were watching my stream. You know, I had times where I'd get into a combat situation, wipe the floor with everything, including the big guys, and then the next time around. I might be fighting just one of the big guys and I get my shit pushed in. Uh, which, again, is that's where the strategy aspect kind of comes in. Uh, in the battles where, you know, I mop the floor with them, I may have gotten lucky and gotten a stagger in somewhere without even realizing it. But when I got to the solo fight, all of a sudden I'm getting my butt kicked because... I'm focusing or going in at the wrong time and this thing just did an AOE hit for a crap ton of damage and now I'm poisoned or now I'm asleep because status effects in Final Fantasy 7 original 
annoying, but not end of the world. In the remake, status effects could end your day. <laughs> absolutely, mm. like absolutely end your day. You get put to sleep, and you're now getting hit by everything. You get poisoned because in uh, original, like most turn-based RPGs, you get poisoned. You take the poison damage on your turn. Yeah, and it's usually like two to five percent. It's like okay. You know, next turn I toss a antidote. Well, in the remake, you have your uh, AP bar. Using an item costs one AP. Casting a spell costs one AP. Using certain specialty moves costs one AP. You have two AP points at a max bar. So if you just got done doing a special attack... And then you got backhanded with some status effects. You now no longer have the AP to use an item. And so now you're just sitting there hoping your AP builds up fast enough to toss an antidote while your health is just draining. I uh, was wondering how that worked while you were playing. Because, you know, I'm watching and seeing that you're, you know, you can't just throw out lightning every turn. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that bar underneath your... Uh, in the bottom left-hand corner, you have like you have their health bars, and then their AP bars are right underneath it. So you have to kind of focus in on that and be like, okay, you know, because when you hit an enemy, you build up AP faster. AP will build up normally over time slowly, but when you hit something, you build it up much quicker, uh, which makes it a little difficult because you can't change your AI partners you can't change their tendencies. So you can't set them to be a little more aggressive to build up AP faster. So unless you're, you know, hot swapping between each character to throw out more attacks, your teammates' AP bars are very slow. And that's actually something I didn't start picking up on until like the sixth hour in was, no, I need to be like, Start off with Cloud, go in, do a couple of attacks, toss out a spell, switch to another character to build up their AP so that I can hotbox back over to Cloud and start doing my normal shtick and be ready with those other characters to use their abilities. Da, 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 da. Honestly, I'm a little bummed that the, the they don't play the victory battle music as often. Um, I, I like hearing Barrett sing. Yeah, no, Bar Barrett singing that was a treasure. Um, there and there's actually a couple of points of uh, dialogue from Barrett where it comes kind of out of left field. You're like, did did he just say that? Like he sings this mm -hmm. little ditty about going on an adventure when you go off the beaten path of where your quest is supposed to take you. Hmm. Like, I was doing this segment, like, I had to hit these three switches in various portions of this map to activate this conveyor belt. So I hit the switches, I go back to the conveyor belt, and I realize there's a separate conveyor belt I can now take. It was shut off before, it's not part of my main quest, but I see a ladder at the far end of it. I'm like, I'm going that way. Screw the next part of the mission, I'm going that way. And you get on the elevator, and Barrett starts singing this song about just going on random adventures. 
Hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? Barrett, what is wrong with you? And then you realize he has like a five-year-old daughter. And, you know, he's probably used to dealing with small children. So he views Cloud as a small child? In that instance? I think or so. Just a habit. I, I, I would lean to have it, but I also find it entertaining that Barrett probably thinks of Cloud as a small child that he just hmm. doesn't like. Um... It, it overall, I mean, I'm loving every aspect of it. The new stuff they've added um, that wasn't in the demo is uh, weapon upgrades. So something I have seen in some Final Fantasies, it wasn't in 7 originally, was SP. Which, uh, in the original Final Fantasy, SP was used towards limit breaks, which still exist, in a much different fashion. Um, but, I, admittedly, I, I'm still trying to fully understand how limit breaks work now, because limit breaks and summon have, like, triggers before they'll actually happen. You actually have to be in battle for a set period of time before those bars start showing up. So it's like, mm. I th if I'm not mistaken, uh, summons will trigger when you get to a certain point in your health bar, and then limit breaks are a combination of damage dealt and damage taken. So those ones are not as common, you know, counter to other Final Fantasies in the past where it was like, all right, I've slapped on my summon materia. I'm now going to summon this thing five million times to make sure you're dead. Now it's, all right, I've got my summon materia on. Oh, God, I'm losing this fight cool, I'm going to summon this guy to assist me in this fight now. Um, and summons are independent, so they do their own actions. But you can spend your AP or your teammate's AP. So anyone can use their AP to have the summon do a special attack. And then when the summon's timer runs out, they do one final attack and disappear. Huh. Which is pretty cool, because Ifrit timed his at the perfect time in a boss fight, getting my butt kicked, and all of a sudden, he literally just calls down the apocalypse on this thing. Was that when you were fighting the sword guy? No. Uh, although I did summon Ifrit before I fought the sword guy. Um, no, it was when I was in the train tunnels. And I was there was a uh, there's a tank boss down there, and I was I almost died entirely. Like my party almost got wiped. Hmm. The sword guy, he Roche. I know it's supposed to be Roche, and I keep calling him Roche because I just think Witcher. <laughs> he was not in the original Final Fantasy. I don't really? believe he was not a character in Final Fantasy VII. As I recall. Um, he is crazy. But I love him as a character. Like. Oh yeah. Absolutely insane. But he is amazing. Yeah. And he. As I said. I don't think he existed. In the original. He is a completely original character. For this game. But his dialogue and his attitude 
are so batshit crazy that I hmm. love it. He was my favorite character that I saw who wasn't, like, one of the main party. So, if you take Cloud, who is the stoic, brooding, professional soldier, Roche is the exact polar opposite. He is the flamboyant, battle-hungry, maniacally laughing, and doesn't care what's in his way as long as he gets to fight something strong. Oh god, he's Siri. And the first time you bump into him is on a motorcycle chase. So his motorcycle that he was riding in all of his cutscenes, you have like a mini battle with him during that little sequence. It's like a mini game. Uh, the threat level is not all that high, but it was entertaining because of the dialogue trade-off that you have with them. And then you actually get into a proper sword fight with them later on. And again, his dialogue is crazy. He's not against knocking out his own guys. Because when you have the sword fight with them, he literally shows up, destroys two mechs that were currently targeting their guns at you, knocking I out a bunch of a... guards. It's not I much. Need of... to put a spo- <laughs> I need to put a spoiler tag before this. Sorry, yeah, I probably should have put a spoiler on that. Um, but I, I, I don't know if it would necessarily be a spoiler. It is a cutscene, yes, but it is not like a drastic story detail. No, but it's still enough that I'm sure somebody would go, well, god damn it. I guess that's true. But no, I his, his whole character, his whole scheme, whatever it is, is great. Um, and I'm hoping they've added other unique characters like him to the game. Because if this is a one-off thing, I will be a little disappointed. Now, I do hope they don't, you know, obsessively do this and keep adding you know, random ass people, that would be bothersome, but we'll see what happens with the rest of the game. Um, but the, there'd be a good mix between the two. Like, no, I recognize this person. I recognize this person. Then you, it's like, wait a minute, that person's new and they're fun. Yeah. As long as it's just every now and again. Exactly. Um, the dialogue is still just as silly and ridiculous with all the characters. Uh, Jesse is, you know, the thirst queen. Everyone is thirsty for Cloud in this game, including Roche. I'm him, just, I'm I, just putting I, that there. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna say him most of all. It is so funny to see that because he he talks to you in that strange way where it's like, are are you coming on to me? Hmm. And then you start, you know, crossing swords. Oh, shit, dude, it gets sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what the Twitch chat was saying the whole yep. time. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it. I I am loving it. And I know rumors right now are it's between a... I think I've been hearing 20 to 30 hour campaign. See, I was going to bring that up. I've actually heard 30 to 50, but I've also heard people bitch that it's too short. And then... I've I've heard that it that it's got a logical endpoint that really works, and then I've also heard like, oh, but they don't include the rest of the game. <laughs> so, this is all prediction on my part. 
The logical endpoint is the escape from Mindigar is the logical endpoint. Uh, that or arrival at Cosmo Canyon. Those are going to be the two, those are the two pinnacle points that I believe this game would end on. Um, uh, yeah. Those things, I'm very sorry. I know, I know, I'm I'm talking things that only people who had played them and played Final Fantasy in the past would fully understand. Midgar is the okay. starting city. I, on the on the subject of spoilers, except for you know any major changes, I feel like you know it's a twenty year old game. True. Yeah, but there's also going to be people who've never played that 20-year-old game because it's way they, before their time. <laughs> it's released on every console, every platform. There's a version. You could have you could have got it. <laughs> but, yeah, but could you have played? I'm not talking about, like, from a mechanic standpoint, could you have played it? I'm, do some people really want to sit and list and look at early 90s polygons? And that that makes sense. So I I will give you that. Um, no, if a game gets remade, experience it, but you cannot get mad at spoilers. I I understand both. I understand both sides. But we like there there, and that's the thing for the new people. There's a lot there. So there could be some spoilers, but there will always be more time, like more stuff to see, regardless. And yeah. for the for the seasoned veterans, as we could call them, um, there is enough new stuff that they're going to want more. So I think they. I'm. This is like the first Final Fantasy I've been interested in. I was interested in 15 back when it was versus 13. <laughs> um, but the, other than that, this is the first Final Fantasy game that I've actually been interested in checking out, is the FF7 remake. And I'd say that the only issue I have with any spoilers is I have no context and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> but, like, other than that, talk about it. <laughs> right. It's my fault. But That's, uh, the, that's my poo Okay. And I, I appreciate that kind of, uh, that standpoint. But for for the overall, I look forward to seeing more of this. And regardless of where it ends for this uh, this particular experience, they have put so much more into the game that I'm not worried about the next one. Because there's so much ground to cover in this story. I mean... On, in PS1 era, it was a three-disc game. And yeah. I remember dumping so much time into that. I think my best time ever for trying to like speedrun it, as a kid, I think I got to a point in the game that was just at the halfway point in... I want to say it was 10 hours. And that was me Damn. like that was me skipping all the dialogue, like mashing the square button to oh. skip the dialogue and everything. I'm um, guessing minimal amount of grinding, minim like no side questing, just trying to burn through the main story, right? Yep. Doing just enough to make sure I could get through the next sequence with 
minimal effort. Um, and in this, like with the remake, I feel like I'm going through it fairly quickly. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's I'm burning through it too fast. I don't feel like it's too short. I'm enjoying every aspect of it immensely. And the pacing and everything is well thought out. So, um, I want to say I look forward to hearing more about it as you play. Um, I want you to do every fucking mission side quest activity. Like, I want you to play the shit out of the game and then tell me what you thought of it at the end. I mean, I have I have done every side quest. I have hunted down for every random piece of material. Like I said, the little side... Um, why am I blanking on it? Conveyor. Where Barrett does his little adventure song. Like, had no reason or expectation to go over there. I was like, I'm doing it. There's probably something over there. There was one thing I didn't get earlier on. It probably leads me right to it. And lo and behold, hell yeah, it was worthwhile. Awesome. So I will definitely be playing more. Uh, I've actually, I've promised a couple of friends I would be streaming this game start to finish. So, uh oh, that's going to be a lot of stream time. <laughs> be it, <laughs> yeah. Have it you is. streamed your seven hours so far? Oh yeah, no. I uh, yesterday when I I started at five o'clock, I stopped at midnight. And I was there with you the whole way. Aw. Well, most of it. <laughs> I missed the beginning. Yeah. Because I was asleep. <laughs> You've been doing that a lot. Look, man. <laughs> Quarantine does things to a person. I, I 100% understand. But, um, uh, they, and that, so you had mentioned spoilers, and I will say this. There has been so much stuff they've added in, like cutscenes, flashbacks, like visions, whatever you want to call them, that never happened in the original game. I don't know if I could actually spoil it because they've added so much new stuff. Well, see, I feel like, okay, so like any changes, that counts as a spoiler. Right. But all the main stuff that exists between both, yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to be a dick about it because I'm actually really sensitive about spoilers. <laughs> like, it is my belief whenever it comes to movies that you don't stop saying, you know, spoiler alert until the DVD drops. Hmm. Makes but sense. Can... I don't know. Usually, you to make sure everybody's had a chance to see it, right? <laughs> Pretty much. My time frame for spoilers, like, for movies, my time frame for spoilers is. Two weeks to a month. Two to four weeks. My yeah, time frame like, for spoilers know, on a game, two to four months. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I do think the games kind of deserve a longer time. Uh, but, like, I know with Rise of Skywalker, when that came out, uh, it was one week after it dropped that people started saying, if you haven't seen it yet, you're never going to watch it, so who cares? And all I could think of is, like, not everybody can make it to a theater. Yeah. Oh, I, I had friends when uh, Endgame dropped who were like, look, you get two days to see it. After that, 
It's all bets are off. Well, look at the yeah. look at the Russos. It was one week. They were like, "Look, come Monday, we're we ourselves are discussing spoilers." And like yeah. that, I, but like for shit like that, uh, for Endgame specifically, I knew immediately. I was just like, "Well, I can't avoid it. I might as well just have it spoiled for me." And it mm. still didn't ruin the experience. No, I'm. I'm just saying though. I have friends who. Yeah, I have friends who are both in the camp of no. You wait till, you know, everybody's had a sufficient chance to see it. If they haven't by then, like if you haven't seen a movie by a month, you don't give a shit about spoilers because you don't really care about the movie. Yeah, yeah. But like, let's say, let's say that tomorrow they announce like they're remaking Aliens. Don't if give somebody's them like... ideas. <laughs> well. You know what? Look, that man. that's a bad one. Because uh, all the quotes for that, like, I, what am I going to do? Game over, man. But like, there's nothing there. But okay, you know what? A better one. Let's say they're doing another Psycho remake, right? Right. If somebody else was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to see how they kill the main actress at the beginning," <laughs> you can't be like, oh, "Spoiler alert!" Well, no, they're remaking a a famous old film, like. Unless they severely switch things up, I think it's fair game. You can talk about. It. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah that's and fair. And then Re- remakes uh, of old films are a different monster entirely. But I'm just saying, like, I think that I think it applies. Like for me, it applies to the games as well. Yeah. Um. And then the other thing is uh, control. Were you just a fan of Final Fantasy VII? I know you like the, the the series, but but specifically the world of Final Fantasy VII because that's like kind of grown into its own universe. You got Advent Children and whatnot. Like, are you have you played like Crisis Core and and shit like that? Yes, I have played Crisis Core. Um, I've also played uh, the uh, the Vincent game, uh, Dirge of Cerberus. Yep. Okay. Final Fantasy so, does Devil May Cry. Yeah. So if if the subsequent games that come out, because like this is like gonna be a whole saga that they're making uh for Final Fantasy VII Remake, would you be interested if they started integrating bits of Dirge of Cerberus, Advent Children, Crisis Core, like into the narrative? Well, the tricky part for all of that is all of those take place actively after this. They all okay. like all of those storylines take place after Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Um, but that being said, it would be possible for them to now remake Dirge of Cerberus, Crisis Core, and all that. Yeah. And just loop it under the I, final fantasy 7 remake project and actually yeah. never mind um crisis Maybe core you... was pre crisis core is a prequel oh interesting i've got a fun fact about that um that in your seven hours you might have actually come across already okay so the bad guy the sephiroth wannabe in crisis core Fuck, I forget the name of the town now. He comes from a very specific town that you visit in both Crisis Core and 
Final Fantasy VII. Right. In Crisis Core, in his backstory, they talk about how when he was a boy, uh, he invented a specific apple. It's a white apple that he is fond of throughout the actual game itself. Um, and as a boy, he created uh, an apple juice. In Final Fantasy VII Remake, you can find a poster for Blanktown White Apple Juice. Oddly enough, I I don't fully recall that, but I like that nod. Yeah, that's a really neat nod to the to the old games. Yeah, and then another one is he uh the same bad guy from Crisis Core. Which what did Crisis Core come out on cuz it looks like a PSP game. It was it was PSP, okay. yeah. Um, great graphic. Uh, uh, he's a fan of quoting a play in Crisis Core. Oh, and yeah. It, it's that billboard. Was it Loveless or something? It's that billboard at the very opening cutscene where we see Aerith with the flower and whatnot. Um, and that, that's the thing. Uh, there's actually more to Loveless. Like, yeah. it's apparently, it, it is, like, it is a global phenomenon type of play. And an interesting fact about it, even though the bad guy was a fan of quoting it, apparently the in-game lore is that the third act changes depending on the actors who are performing it. And it's because it's a legendary tale that somehow ties to like other games or some shit. Like I don't know, but well, that's neat. But yeah, uh... I did a little bit of research just so I felt <laughs> I could feel like I, you know, could keep up with the conversation a bit. That yeah, works. And I, I just wanted to let Control have his part of the mm -hmm. episode because I know how excited he was for this. But with that, I think it is time to. Uh, wrap this one up for the week. Oh, absolutely. So... I did not think you were going to fill time with it, dude. <laughs> you underestimate so... my power. You underestimate my like love for Final Fantasy. Also I know, but like, you could you could tell me, hey, talk about Metal Gear to your heart's content. I think I'd get 20 minutes in before I lost what to talk about. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I, I, I think we, we have recorded records that that is a lie. <laughs> Prove it. I, I will. recorded records. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Control, where can people find uh, your stuff, including your Final Fantasy streams that you will be doing? You can find me on uh, Twitch at twitch.tv slash controlfreak. You can find me on Twitter at freakcontrol. Same spelling, but words reversed. And then you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash review. Light? You can find me on Cool Math Games running a lemonade stand. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that fucking game. And fucking <laughs> rocking it. Yeah, it's the first idle clicker. Jesus Christ. That's why. Uh... Find me on DeviantArt under Midnight Direwolf or in their Twitch streams under the same name. Harassing us generally. Yes. Generally. That's my job. You even it made is. me a mod for that job. I did. And you can find me 
on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lordsedge, on Twitter at sedge underscore gaming, and you can find this podcast wherever you're currently listening to it, plus a bunch of other places, as well as on Twitter at gamingcasualpod and on facebook.com slash group slash gamingcasualpodcast. You ever think it's crazy, it's stupid that you say you can find this podcast that you're listening to at this very moment, wherever it is you're listening to it? Nope. No, because maybe they'll share it with somebody else. Also, if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review <laughs> on either Podchaser or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast that allows you to leave a review so more people can find us. Like, comment, and subscribe. Maybe if you <laughs> that algorithm maybe going. good comments or reviews at all, he'll gather up the confidence to post the stuff that we talk about but during the breaks. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's Dude, coming Nobody later. wants to hear about, you know, more, that more to come on that. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Good night. Deuces.